0: Welcome back to This Week in Film I think it's week 27 Woo! We've done it We're over that six month hump Uh, I'm Nick Panotto, Joined as always by Ray Radaminski Hey! Ray's back and now Charlie's gone It's like and then there were none Right, next week there'll be nobody here
1: It'll just be you, talking.
0: Yeah, that'll be a good show. I'll just, I'll keep waiting for a response. like a radio show. Yeah. You
1: just do your little monologue, and then you take calls. I'll just...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, Charlie's on vacation, and it's very... I have no idea where he went. Florida? Oh, yeah, that's right. I do know where he went. Florida. It's probably so hot down there. Yeah, it'd be a shame <laughs> if it was 84 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning. All right, so Ray... What did you see
1: this week? So this week I saw uh, a little movie called Star Wars: The Force
0: Awakens. Oh, an independent film.
1: An in- an independent film by a little known, little known director named J.J. Abrams. If you guys have ever heard of him, <laughs> um, I thought this was a good thing to talk about this week too because uh, this was a huge movie earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but this movie came out pre this podcast. That's
0: right. So this was like the last huge movie before we uh, started our. Our, our bigger show.
1: Right. So we really didn't get a chance to, you know, dissect, talk about it. Yeah. So this will be a good good time to do that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, J.J. Abrams, uh, episode seven of the Star Wars saga. Um, and I feel like it lived up to the hype. Don't you?
0: I, I have to agree. I, I thought it lived up to the hype and it exceeded it in some parts.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously the story was... Uh, very similar to, uh, what, A New Hope? Yeah, almost beat for beat. Right. Um, but, I mean, but you it had was all... But done... The... I'm yeah. sorry, it's your... It's you... Okay, no, we Please. can talk about it together. No, no,
0: you, you, you first. I mean,
1: yeah, you had all the new characters. You have all the
0: new characters.
1: <laughs> Some of the old characters. <laughs> literally? <laughs> yeah, literally. And, uh, no, I thought they hit every note right, and uh, it was it was an awesome movie. It was great to watch it again, because I saw it um, opening day when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in IMAX theater, like, full of people, and it was just, you know, you had the rush of, you know, seeing it for the first time, and you really didn't get a chance to, like, you know, watch it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, so this time was a little better. I got to, like, you know, uh, listen to what people were saying a little more, and, like, you know, getting a little knickknacks of the story, kind of let you nitpick it a little bit more, too, like, a couple things I, like, were confused by, or you know, had some problems with, but overall, like, like I said, it, it, it definitely lived up to, lived up to the hype and it was a great sequel to the, or start of the new Star Wars saga.
0: Yeah. I have only seen it the one time and, and that was in theaters. I've, I've been meaning to watch it again. It's just difficult yeah. to find the time. Right. But, um, uh, I did watch that opening sequence again where, was it Finn? No. Who's the dude that flies the X-Wing? Uh, Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron, where he does the... Who do I, Who starts? Do I start? Right. You know, like, that whole opening sequence is perfect. And it and it's, again, like, beat for beat, A New Hope, where, you know, like, everything... I want to see the YouTube video where someone lines up all oh, the... Oh, they do do that? They did that? No, I'm asking, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh, I'm sure someone has done it. Yeah. Oh. We should do it first. Yeah, we should. Where someone just lays the two movies on top of each other and <laughs> see just how... Yeah, it
1: seems on pretty point similar. they are.
0: I mean, even like Darth Vader and Cam- um, Kylo Ren's reveals are—they both just yeah, make a make a great entrance, the same type of way. Yeah, and it was and it's a fun movie. It's oh, definitely a fun movie to watch. Like the the action is compelling and meaningful to the story. The there are no Senate debates, right? Which I feel like is a negative. There's not enough talk about compromise or contracts <laughs> and international inter intergalactic trade disputes. <laughs> but uh, all of the characters are meaningful to the story. And in this day and age of franchise building, um, there you don't get the sense of, well, there's not, this movie isn't really about the next movie until later in the story. Right. Or Or episode eight, everyone knows episode eight is coming. But the movie isn't about getting to episode eight. Right, and- it's its own central story. Yeah.
1: And uh, I love all the new character, or most of the new characters, um, especially uh, Ray, I thought was the best, specifically because her name is... Oh, yeah. I, I, I
0: never thought
1: of that. <laughs> her name is very similar to mine. <laughs> Um, she spells it with an E, though. I spell it with an an A. Oh, man. That's neither here nor there. Oh. Um, but the one question that I had, and maybe you could answer this, uh, Uh uh-huh, but, like, I know you said you only saw it the one time, but, so, Finn, who is the, uh, rogue stormtrooper. Right. Um, reveals in the very beginning of the film that he doesn't have a name. His name's, like, FN-2187. Yeah. And Poe Dameron gives him the name of Finn. So... Yeah. Oh, I thought he just made it up. No, he goes, I'm going to call you Finn.
0: Oh, okay. I like, yeah, I like that. Okay.
1: Um, so my question is, like, these stormtroopers, like, they're just brought up as, like, numbers?
0: Uh, I th- I don't know. I've, I mean, it depends on which c- canon you're looking at, but I feel like for such a long time they were all just clones. Right, right. And then at some point maybe they stopped being clones clearly cuz they all don't look like right. boba fett's dad but um the um, i guess maybe when you join up you lose your name you just become a number but he seemed like he never had one so like
1: he he makes it seem like he's never seen like anything but he's never been anything but a stormtrooper yeah which my question is like like it seems like to me that he is born he was born like, stolen from his family as, like, a baby Mm -hmm. and just raised up to be a stormtrooper, then, like, how does he have that much of, like, he's, like, very personable, and he has a great, like, personality. Like, I feel like that's, like, like, where did he get that from?
0: Right, exactly. And that's
1: never really explained, or I guess it's not supposed to be explained. I don't know. That's I know it's, like, nitpicking the movie, but, like, that's the one... No, I mean, it's a valid complaint. It's the one thing I thought
0: of. Because then are all stormtroopers like that? Right. Do they all have their own
1: personality, or are they all just, like...
0: And then do stormtroop because it's a military operation. Right. Do stormtroopers get promoted into those officer roles? Well, yeah. Like, like what's her
1: name is is an is an officer, right? Uh, the
0: captain Cap- Phasma. Yeah, and she's got a personality. She's a woman, right? You know. Now, are you supposed to know that she's a woman? And she's got a lady voice. Yeah. And uh, doesn't doesn't she have like a chest plate with boobs? Uh, see, I don't, I don't remember. She's always got that gun. Because I know it's what's so. her
1: name from Game of Thrones. Is, yeah, who's playing her? But I didn't know if you were supposed to know that she was a she was a woman.
0: I don't know. These are all stupid questions, but these are She's things. She's always that... running around with Jamie Lannister's <laughs> sword. These are things that I was thinking about while watching the movie. That's a good question. But um, but then also like the imperial officers, like the guys, like the redheaded dude from um, right Daniel Gleason, yeah. And um, like do they? Like if it's like a. Our military, then they would enter like some sort of military academy and then graduate. Right, officer but they're like role, young but, kids. But enlisted men can advance and advance. Right. So I don't know. Like, like, are there ranks of stormtroopers? We need a real star. star yeah. Wars see, guy. like,
1: we're not, If, if, if Keith was here, he would, not would know. He's a Star Wars.
0: Oh, uh, if only we invited Keith.
1: <laughs> yeah. If only we, you know, asked him to come on the show this week.
0: And and if only he had asked us to remind him to show up.
1: <laughs> and yet he's. Not here. Um, another thing I had a problem with, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Yes, I agree. Um, they made, a, made it a point not to show you what he looked like the entire mm-hmm. time leading up to the film. Right. They kept him a secret. You knew that Andy Serkis was playing him yeah. in some regard, and you figured it was going to be like a motion capture type of thing, which it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... I, I mean I'm I'm guessing we'll get more. i um, I'm you definitely know you're gonna get more of him in this in episode eight, but I just didn't like how he looked. And I didn't, I know it was like a hologram.
0: I love the reveal of the hologram. Yes,
1: yeah, uh, that was cool because you didn't the first couple scenes you thought he was like a big just a big guy, giant yeah. like thing, but I don't know. I I just didn't like how he looked, and that's yeah, just he looked nipping.
0: really CGI. Yes, for for a, for the. What's the word I'm looking for? For as uh, tactile as the movie, right? There was the movie many... felt. There weren't many CGI moments. Exactly. Like in ten years, that General Snoke character is going to look really bad. Exactly. But then,
1: as you said, they revealed that it was a hologram. So is that kind of like, oh, it's just a hologram? When we see him in this, in the next episode, will he look better?
0: Maybe. Hopefully. I think. And this is probably, I'm not the only one who has this theory, but, uh, he's like reverse Yoda. He's evil Yoda. Like you're gonna, we're gonna go wherever he is. Right. And that's the sound of the (laughs) studio. Um, wherever he is and he's going to be like a little tiny evil bad guy, you know? And so that's where
1: like Kylo Ren went when he left. His family.
0: Yeah, to complete his training, like right. Luke went to complete his training with Yoda. He,
1: at the end of the movie, he does say, he's coming with me to complete his training, right? He says the Oh, yeah, Ram- you're right, yeah. yeah. He, he does tells the uh
0: the red-headed guy to right. go get
1: him, right? Go get yeah. him, he needs to complete his training, or yeah. something along those lines. So, yeah, you're probably right. We're going to see his
0: lair, or his... He just moved into Yoda's <laughs> tree
1: <laughs> right. hut. He lives in the exact same... What's that planet called?
0: Dagobah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the little swamp planet. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, those were... A couple things, like I said, when you first watch the movie, you're just in awe that's a new Star Wars movie and that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. great, it's exciting, everybody in the theater's clapping. And then when you get a chance to watch it by yourself in like, you know, quiet sense, I got to see some stuff, I had some questions about things and nitpick a few things. But like I said, overall, I thought it was awesome. And it, you know, it lived up to everything that I expected. Um, And I'm really excited for uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Which looks really good.
0: Yeah, me too. It does look good. It's disconcerting to hear that they're still working on it. Right. Like they're reshooting half of it with two months to go. Yeah. But it looks great. Yeah. so It just has that real, that that used look to it, like a universe that's been lived in, you know, like the helmets have dirt on them kind of a thing. Um, But I I agree with you. I'm really looking forward to watching it again um, and being able to sit back and watch it rather than, when you when I went and saw it in the theaters I had this and it happens a lot with a movie you anticipate a lot like, right. it, like it happens to me with the Marvel movies now where I really am, am just waiting for one of them to suck where I'm like these this, this they can't keep this up they can't keep this up and then it, yeah. it doesn't suck and then you realize oh well well now I need to watch it again so I can appreciate it a little more or not having let it let it breathe in your mind you, like you said you just let it you can take in more. It's, exactly. uh, I guess a, a better example would be if you're playing a new video game and the first 10 minutes of the game you're trying to look at everything rather than just concentrating just on the what they're showing you. But
1: but no, yeah, uh, definitely recommend if you haven't seen it, if you've been living under a rock for the past six months. But uh, yeah, definitely a movie. To re-examine, like, like we said, if you, if you haven't only
0: seen it once. I'm probably going to end up watching it this weekend. Yeah, and nice. So then uh, That'll be fun. We'll talk about it again next week. <laughs> we'll re-examine it. Um, but in keeping with your theme of looking back, right? Um, I watched Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition. <laughs> uh, I forced myself through that pile of garbage. So Ultimate Edition is just another word for a director's cut? Essentially, I, I guess, maybe he didn't have anything to do with it, and Warner Brothers was just like, "Just give him everything we have." Right, we're not cutting we, anything. We got to make some money off of this so movie. So, how long was it? It's three hours and oh my change with the credits. So I don't know if you count the credits in the, the movie. How like, long
1: was the original, like the theatrical? I think cut? the
0: theatrical is two thirty. So So they they added a half hour. I will say it's difficult because I only saw it the one time in theaters. It's difficult to tell where they added a lot of times. But you you, can tell something's different. You could tell some scenes are extended. um, And then there are a couple of new scenes. Like there's one new scene at the end of the movie that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, But I guess it's it's setting up the next one. Um, But I will give it credit in the sense that the, th- the three-hour length does not feel three hours. Okay. <clears throat> I remember watching the original movie and being in theaters, and I just wanted to leave the whole time. I did not like Batman <laughs> v Superman. Just in. Dawn of Justice. Um, but it definitely doesn't feel three hours long. But the last hour, the two-hour to three-hour mark, when they just start punching each other, uh, is terrible. The first hour to the... From the beginning till about the second hour, I would say is a mediocre movie, and then it just nosedives dives when the when the climax starts. Right. Yeah. And then it just gets worse from there. Um, but um, so you you weren't with us when we talked about Batman versus? That was during the Tony era. It was of you're the show, correct? Um, so, but you've seen it. Yes. Okay. Um, so. Wait, a minute, I think I might have been here for that. Were you? I don't I don't remember. But I've seen it. Whatever. Well, whatever. It was terrible. Did you like it?
1: No, I didn't like yeah. it at all. Uh it was one of those movies where, um, I think me you me you and Charlie, uh, Tony, Keith, we all talked about it before before the movie came out, being like, This doesn't look like it's gonna be yeah. any good. <laughs> it's true. Like it's something just... about like something about it just looks off. Yeah. And and like going into it we were all optimistic and then it uh, it was exactly what we or not exactly but it disappointed me pretty much that like i yeah. thought it was going to disappoint me
0: yeah everywhere i thought like i went in with kind of low expectations right lower expectations and and left really disappointed and um watching it again with the lowest of expectations it did not greatly increase its value to me um some of the some of the glaring issues I, you can forgive a little bit. And maybe that's because the extended scenes uh polish it out a little more. Right. Um or maybe you just don't expect as much, but the the glaring, like the really big problems the movie has stand out even more on a second on a second viewing. For instance, um Lois Lane has no earthly business being in this movie except as uh an ex uh like an accessory character, where where Clark Kent or Superman is just kind of like, "Hi Lois, nice to see you today. I saved you from falling off a bridge."
1: Right. Well, they live together, don't they?
0: Yeah, they they. I guess they do because he
1: or they're in he, they're in somebody's apartment in like a bathtub. Right they're there? definitely
0: in her apartment, but on the mailbox it just says Lane. Oh, ah, okay. It doesn't say Kent and Lane. Gotcha. Which which I thought about when I was watching it because I know. Also, there's like a weird nudity scene with Lois Lane while she's in the bathtub that I didn't notice. I don't feel like I saw in the theater, but on the—I
1: definitely remember a bathtub.
0: Oh yeah, she's totally in the bathtub naked. But in the in the DVD on the DVD one, or the the digital download one, the um the there's like was one shot where she sits back and her boobs are like there, but like I feel like you can't see anything. So I'm like, this is weird. This <laughs> doesn't belong in a Superman movie. Why is there a naked Lois there's, Lane? There's just a random sexy now. In, yeah, in the right. and it's hardcore. <laughs> Um, it's just kind of, the movie has, is the, 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 the tone of the movie is just all over the place. And and I know we've said all this stuff before in our Batman Superman episode before, but this time we have better microphones, (laughs) but, um, so Lois Lane is, is useless in this movie. I feel the same way about Lois Lane in this movie as I did in Man of Steel, where she has no business being there. She's just this character that is there because they feel like, oh, we gotta have Lois Lane. Right. She's
1: she's part of the the universe, right. if you will. And she's... They, they have nothing to do with her.
0: They, every time Lois Lane shows up, you're like, why are you here? The only time it actually makes sense is at the beginning, where she's going to do this interview with a warlord in, I want to say north africa or the desert or something right, like somewhere that. somewhere
1: in the desert
0: um because that's a lowest lane thing she goes and does an interview right but on the dvd she shows up and she meets this camera guy who, who she meets at the location and and this is a big difference from the theatrical and the dvds because i heard this was a rumor going into the theater was that the cameraman is jimmy olsen now in the theaters, he's not, because they don't say his name. On the DVD, he totally is, because he says, hello, I'm Jimmy Olsen, <laughs> and I'm a photographer. And she goes, great, don't talk anymore. That's almost word for word what she says. I don't like you talking. Right. And so then some dialogue happens, and for whatever reason, the main henchman guy that works for Lex Luthor breaks apart Jimmy Olsen's camera all the way down to the, the role of film, which is stupid, because what photographers shoot with film anymore unless they're like a wildlife person out in somewhere? Not someone with 24 rolls on a Pentax camera.
1: They are in the desert.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be shooting film. <laughs> at a, We're not gonna be able to reach in and out of your pocket to grab, you know, stuff. Anyway, that, it was just annoying. Anyway, so they find the GPS signal in this guy's camera after he breaks everything apart. And Jimmy Olsen turns out to be working for the CIA. And Jimmy Olsen, a character that's been around since 1940, (laughs) gets shot in the face and executed in the desert in front of Lois Lane. Ten minutes later, Superman shows up and saves only Lois Lane from all of the murder and mayhem that happens here.
1: They really set the tone to start the film.
0: I mean, they really do, but they're all over the place with the tone. You know, like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are making jokes. Then Jimmy Olsen gets shot in the face, and then... And then the bad guys shoot all the other bad guys and light them on fire. They like burn their bodies. And then Superman shows up, and there's no way he doesn't kill the African warlord when he smashes him through a brick wall. So all of your heroes are dead or murdering each other in this movie for children, I guess. But it's rated R on the DVD. Or oh, the
1: DVD's rated R.
0: That's what they say. There's a couple moments where you're, I, I was thinking, like, why is this rated R? And then there's is there an
1: extra the, F note or something.
0: I didn't hear any F word, not like not like a hard F, at least like in the X Men movies where they kind of force that in. But right. but there's like the lowest Lane nudity. There's blood in it this time. Like cause sometimes Batman shoots someone in the face and their blood splatters all over the wall because Batman shoots people in the face. <laughs> and um, but like I guess the violence is maybe a little heightened. But
1: now isn't there? Uh, didn't I hear before this movie came out and it didn't show up in the theatrical, uh, release, that there was like a Girl or a, uh, the girl who was in, I can't think of her name, Jenna Malone.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, she, is she in this? She is in this cut. You know, it's funny you mention that because I don't know who she is, but my wife does and we were watching part of the movie together and she goes, oh, that's Jenna Maloney. And I went, or, or Maloney, or, whatever. whatever. I don't know how do you say it. Right. That's Jenna Maloney. And I went, oh, Really? Because we were watching... What was the movie we were watching the other day?
1: Oh, she's I in a lot I, of stuff.
0: I don't remember, but she looked like Kristen Stewart. Yes, the, the she does. She has the same
1: look of her. Yeah. And I went, is
0: that? Is that her? And she goes, no, that's Jenna Maloney. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And right. then we're watching Batman, and there she is. So that was funny. So she, And what's her character? Isn't she Batgirl, bat right? No. Or somebody? Not in this movie. Not in this movie, at least. I don't know who she was <laughs> in this movie. I guess she worked for the government... I'm trying to remember because like Lois Lane, Lois Lane calls her about the magic bullet that she finds in the desert. Right, right, right. And it's not in the theatrical version. And that is explained a little more, I guess. She's the one that tells her that it's military or Lex Corps. I don't remember what she says. It's not very important, which is why they cut it from the movie. Right. Um... I never thought about her being Batgirl. So if her name's Barbara or anything like that, which is what Batgirl's name is, I could have sworn
1: I heard like before the movie came out, like that—that's who she. Maybe that's who she was rumored to be playing, and that it ends up not being that character. But I knew that she was going to be in the movie, Mm -hmm. and the rumor was that that's who she was going to play.
0: Oh well, that would be kind of stupid.
1: But she never made the theatrical cut. Yeah. And
0: if that's the case, like if her if her name Barbara Gordon, for whatever reason, and I didn't catch it, then that's all me. But it's stupid to to make that character that because Barbara Gordon doesn't work for the CIA. Right. Or the government. Um, What else was kind of new? Um, Lex Luthor was still bad. He was still terrible. Um, I I feel like watching that movie that Jesse Eisenberg wanted to go all out. And they kept having to reel him back in. And, like, you could tell watching it that they had done – you could feel like they've done – this is, like, the eighth take. And they're like, just dial it back a little more. And he's right. like, okay, okay. And then as the movie goes on and on, he he's all over the place. Like
1: some scenes they let him go and some yeah, scenes they pull him back. They
0: do give him the tiniest bit of motivation for doing all that he does. Like, there's no real reason why he hates Superman, because Superman got him all of his money. Right. Like, I mean, he came from money, but LexCorp is the company that rebuilt Metropolis after the whole Man of Steel thing. Sure. Um, But there's no real motivation for him to hate Superman. There's definitely no motivation for him to hate Batman, nor is there any reason why he knows who Batman is, because he knows Batman is Bruce Wayne. Right. And he knows Clark Kent is Superman. Doesn't reveal that in any way except for when he kidnaps Martha.
1: Oh, that's a whole that's a whole other issue. Yeah,
0: um, but that, yeah. that does not make any more sense. And
1: that yeah, that's still in there. That right? is
0: still in there, still the same. I think there's a, I can't remember, but I feel like they added in a flashback of Bruce Wayne's dead mom and her his dad going Martha to explain it even more. Right, if like you if you didn't, to- didn't catch this.
1: Yeah that was my that was probably my main not main issue but one of my main issues yeah. with the movie was that was the motivation for them yeah. to unite. Yeah. Or one of the main motivations for them to unite and it was so preposterous.
0: Yeah. It was so bad
1: that they that they pick that to be like the main reason and it was yeah. ridiculous.
0: The the whole that's the whole second hour is the whole f- first 30 minutes are Batman fighting Superman. This the, of the, the final hour uh, and Superman goes to confront Lex Luthor for, I forget why and Lex Luthor says, oh, I have your mom and Superman goes, oh no, and he goes, "Yeah, go fight Batman across the river in G- Gotham City and you're like, what? Gotham City is right next to Metropolis? It's like St. Paul mm. in Minneapolis, Minnesota yeah, exactly. there, or uh, Dallas, Fort Worth exactly right next to each other. Right next to each other and then and then I started thinking, where in the movie Superman is like hated and loved by people, and I realized that in Metropolis he is loved because they built this statue for him for whatever reason. Right. like it's only been eighteen months since he was revealed to the world, and they already built this He's statue, like a religious figure and monument. Of some, oh, of some sort. Oh, do you? Did they mention that he might be <laughs> some kind of a god? And they, that feels like it's even more heavy handed on the second, the second viewing, but um, he's like beloved in Metropolis and the rest of the world doesn't know what to think of him. It's like the Superman, it's like that quote, the Superman has been found and he's American. Right. You know? um, And that, that's a theme they try to get across where when Superman rescues Lois Lane in Africa, eh, the, the, one of the women from the village gives a speech at the UN saying because of Superman's actions, they killed everyone in our village, including my parents. And I survived. And I'm giving this speech saying Superman needs to be reined in. Right. And, um, the Holly Hunter's character in the Senate agrees. She like, Superman is, he does good things, but it it goes to the Avengers thing where he does good things, but we need to make sure you're doing what we want you to do. Kind of. Right. Right. I don't want to get all into the Avengers versus Batman. But at least Avengers had a point. And um so anyway, one of the deleted scenes um adds to that woman's story, the the village person. Right. Um, where she's lying. Lex Cor just hired her to oh, okay. to make it all up. Her parents weren't killed or anything like that. She's lying. And then the the henchman guy with the sunglasses pushes her under a train. And that's end scene. End scene. <laughs> and um and then Lex Luthor blows up the Senate.
1: Now was there any more mentioning of uh the members of the Justice League cuz that was kind of like No, that is even that is even worse. Even more vague.
0: Yeah, no, that's even like it's just as vague like we where um you see them on the computer. Yeah, uh, Bruce Wayne sends Wonder Woman a um the file uh with her data right. on it cuz that's why they met at Lex Luthor's party right. for whatever reason. And she opens up the file that says "metahumans," and inside, Lex Luthor has created logos for all of the future Justice League members, and she she watches these video clips of all of the of the Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman, Aquaman and then herself doing you know feats of right justice being
1: caught in in, in action basically, right.
0: and it's a scene that is so ham fisted into the movie that it's 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 it really uh, in a movie full of t- detractions it even it's even it goes even beyond in that moment because it's leading up to the fight with Batman and Superman and it's just kind of like here's Wonder Woman on her laptop <laughs> and um and Wonder Woman in the movie at all is terrible right. i th- i feel like she's good but she has about 8 lines.
1: Yeah, the, the woman who plays her seems like she it yeah. seems like the Wonder Woman movie has some potential.
0: I'm looking forward to that yeah. until this past week when I found out Zack Snyder wrote it. Yeah. I guess he's one of the writers in the movie. Yeah, I mean,
1: they're not getting rid of Zack Snyder. He's he's no, he's, he's got his hands all over yeah. this whole uh, universe. It's
0: his. They're they're putting all their money into him and, and
1: uh, he, yeah, he yeah he's he's there.
0: I mean he's not going anywhere.
1: Ben Affleck is directing the Batman movie though.
0: Yeah, that I got no problems with Ben Affleck's Batman. Right. I feel like the information the 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 work that Batman was given was terrible, but Ben Affleck as Batman and as Bruce Wayne was was quite good.
1: Right. The one shining moment of the the entire movie. But,
0: like, Wonder Woman just shows up at this... Well, here's the thing. Wonder Woman shows up at this party, but they don't introduce her character in any way. You you just know it's her because you know who Wonder Woman is. Exactly. Now, I mean, now that's the opposite of... Like, the beginning of the movie is Bruce Wayne watching his parents get murdered again. Right. Um... Which I feel like is unnecessary at this totally point. Totally
1: unnecessary.
0: Because we've seen Batman's parents die 19 times now.
1: We get it. We but, know how. We know the origin story. You don't need to go into it. Right.
0: But we've never had a Wonder Woman origin story, which we're going to get with her movie. But with Dawn of Justice, the prequel to that movie, which is a sequel to this, even though I think it takes place in World War One, you have to tell us who this woman is. I think they say her name once. Like... Hello, Diana. Here's a sword that's not real. Right. Like they're in a museum and Bruce Wayne shows up behind her. He goes, You know, it's fake. And she goes, I know. Okay, see you later. Like that that was that whole scene. It's there's there's so many scenes like that where you could tell they're just like, Well, we need Wonder Woman here too, so that when she shows up in the third act, it makes sense. Yeah, it's so ass backwards. And it backwards. doesn't and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's so ass backwards in the fact that a character that
1: needs no introduction and needs no origin story, like Batman. Yeah. They throw that in there, and then somebody like Wonder Woman, who maybe not as many people know about or know anything about, Yeah, they don't give her anything. They just put her in there.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is they never call her Wonder Woman. Right. Even you know? when she's in the, in and the, the outfit. in the thing, they never... She just shows up... Um, When she shows up, it's because Doomsday, don't get me started, (laughs) uh, although I will, uh, Doomsday shoots down Batman's super plane, and he is getting ready to die and flinches, which is not Batman at all. And Wonder Woman drops down in front of him and blocks his blast with his shield. Now, Bruce Wayne knows that Wonder Woman is special in some way, but he doesn't know that she's Wonder Woman, right? or they haven't led the audience to believe that. What
1: What is the line he says? Like, she with you or... I thought she was with you.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like like, Superman... Where was Superman? Oh, yeah, Superman was in space. He was dead in space. Because the government launched a nuclear bomb <laughs> at Superman in space. <laughs> that that whole thing this is movie, so it, stupid. It's just, so dumb. We can talk for hours about it. Yeah, it's uh, just so it's, ridiculous. It, I really could. Like, I feel like every minute of the movie you could spend 10 minutes on. <laughs> Which leads me to introducing my new podcast, <laughs> Dawn of Podcast. No. But, uh that should be a show like they have the star Wars minute. We should just do Superman minute, but I don't want to watch this movie again. (laughs) I don't want to see it again. It's really bad. It's not a good story. It's overly violent and, and it's not violent in an entertaining way. Like Batman murders people, Batman tortures people, Batman mutilates people. Like that's not Batman. Batman is scary and he's brutal but he's not a, he's a good person. He's a, he's a good per- he doesn't murder because that's the reason he's Batman is because his family was murdered. Everyone that everyone that he kills in this movie has a family. Like there's some little boy at home probably with these guys right. who gets the news later today. Oh yeah, Batman murdered your dad. You know, like like these guys are just henchmen, you know? And I mean like like he throws a grenade, like this one guy throws a grenade at him and Batman kicks it away right back at him. Now, granted, it's in self-defense, but he couldn't kick it away. Like, Batman would kick the grenade out the window so it doesn't kill anyone. And 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 that whole end sequence when Batman goes to save Superman's mom instead of Superman. Right. So, Superman can hear Lois Lane is drowning at the end of the movie. He's in the middle of, like, shooting laser, like, the laser beams at Doomsday. And... He hears Lois Lane drowning and he goes, oh, I'm going to go leave the fight and go save my girlfriend. He can't hear his mother screaming down the street. they're hearing. Right. Alfred. Oh, oh, right. So Batman and Superman become best friends after Superman says the word Martha. Right. Which is the international sign for I want to be friends with you. <laughs> Lois Lane shows up to explain that Martha is Superman's mom. Batman's mom is also Martha. And, and so now they're best friends. And Superman says, I have to go save my mom. And Batman goes, don't worry, I'll go get her. You go find out what Lex Luthor's doing because only you can handle the mysterious thing I, don't know, I know nothing about. Which makes no sense. <laughs> and so Alfred gets in his bat plane, and Alfred says, I, I was listening in and I found bat- Superman's mom because of a dude's cell phone. I know it's the guy with sunglasses from the whole movie. That's been the 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 henchman that we've been looking for. Right, and Batman goes, "Okay, he knows exactly where this guy is, who's holding a gun to Superman's mom, and decides to take the long way in." Like the bad this when you look at it from a tactile point of view, the guy who's holding the gun to Superman's mom's head is the last person that Batman goes after where where you think he would go if he's coming in through the window coming through the window next to his mom and take this guy out then fight everybody else and get her out of the building uh it's just so (laughs) like everything in the movie sounds like they they were like okay and then he goes into the building and he fights all these guys and 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 then he fights the last guy because that's the boss of the game will make right it's almost like a little kid yeah thought it up. It's it feels like they were just making the video game, the movie adaptation of a video game that doesn't exist. Uh I I feel like the special effects were terrible in the movie too. They, yeah, and they that's, weren't very good.
1: That's one of the things seeing the trailer like before the movie came out, watching mm-hmm. like the
0: special effects look
1: weird. Like this yeah. doesn't look right. And then the, you think it's something's gonna be you know, something's not finished, it's not ready. Yeah. And you see the movie in theaters and you're like, it looks just like I thought it was gonna yeah. look,
0: it look good. Yeah. It looks, especially when you compare it to, now this is where I'm going to compare it to the Marvel movies. When you saw the Civil War fight where Captain America and Iron Man are right. fighting each other, they look like two grown men that are like really agile fighting each other. When Batman right. and Superman are fighting, it's like two old men like just punch and punch. And whereas Batman or whereas Captain America, it's like punch, dodge, punch, punch, punch. Right. Like you could feel the fight. Whereas in this fight, it's like, I'm gonna punch you really hard. And then it and then he does. And then he walks over. Like Batman, when he's in that giant metal suit, right. just walks oh, everywhere. Which armor. which which is just boring. It was boring.
1: It was. It was just. It just wasn't a good movie, and hopefully yeah. they can, you know, fix this. But I it doesn't hope doesn't so. look
0: promising. I, I really don't know how they. I mean, with even more characters in the Justice League movies,
1: right? You have you have more stuff to juggle.
0: M- yeah, more things to juggle. You got to bring Superman. Oh yeah, Superman dies. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! <laughs> they do the death of Superman in the second Superman movie. He dies, and then they spend twenty minutes doing his funeral. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. It's so stupid. And then you know he's alive at the end because she throws the dirt on the right, on the grave that. and it's like floats for like half a frame. And you're like, okay, well they even spoiled that already. Like we all know Superman's not dead.
1: Right. He's definitely gonna come back, but he's, at least wait till the next movie to be yeah. like,
0: oh wait, he's back. Yeah. Oh wait, what maybe he's not dead. Or or how are they gonna bring up No, he's just alive in the coffin. It's just magic.
1: He opens the coffin up, sits yeah. up, all right, I'm I'm back.
0: And then I, I don't know if this part was was uh, extended, but when remember at the end, after they shave Lex Luthor's head for no reason? Right, other they just than, needed to do it. We need Lex Luthor to have no hair. Um, Which, why didn't he just have no hair from the beginning? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what prison do you go to and they shave your head? Like, at one point... During the sequence, they buzz his head like in a haircut similar to what we have, right? And and you're like, oh, maybe I don't remember. And then they they cut to it again, and he's his head has just been bicked, and and you're like, why? Just because Lex Luthor has to be bald? His hair's gonna grow back. Not like you shave your head and it's gone. He couldn't have just been bald from the start.
1: Right? We didn't have to talk about his hair at all or right. mention his hair exactly. at all.
0: Or he just has hair. You can right. just have him have hair. I'm all yeah. right with that. Yeah. And the other thing, I'm going to keep going back. You're going to have to cut me off, right? Because <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Um, so Lex Luthor's character itself, like it starts off when we first see him, he's like playing basketball. And there's no way Jesse Eisenberg makes that three point Absolutely shot. Absolutely not. There's no way that that happens. And um, he's basically supposed to be like Mark Zuckerberg, I think. Right. Like he's like just a young like, genius. Yeah. Like I got all this money and I invested it well. And Wait, didn't. Jesse Eisenberg play Mark Zuckerberg in okay, another movie? You're right, in, yeah. In another movie? Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> in a much, much better movie. That character would have been great in this movie. Yeah. Just a sociopath. It, w- it
1: kind of was a little bit of the same character. Like, he, he kind of grew from little, that a little bit. I guess
0: a little bit. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg doesn't have the, the biggest range, right. but the movies he's good in, I I it's basically that character. Right. But he starts off as, he's just kind of like a quirky guy. Like he talks real fast and he's like, you know, he's kind of a smooth, he's kind of a smooth talker, but he's a geek and and, and you're like, okay, we're going to have to take this guy. And he starts off, at least in this version, I was like, oh, why did I hate this character so much? And then like, you're slowly like, oh, right. Oh, the writing is terrible for him. So like, I feel like whoever wrote the beginning of his stuff got cut off from that and somebody else started writing his right. His stuff, or they really chopped a lot of it because, at the beginning, when he's talking, especially in the extended version, he's talking about where he found the kryptonite. What do they need it for? And I feel like I didn't see any of that stuff before. Where he start, he's talking about if you have a, if you have a silver bullet and don't use it, at least you had it, and then you don't have to depend on anyone else to take out your monster for you. Right. You know, he's like, at least we'll have it. Um, and that that scene I thought was pretty good, and then everything after that makes no sense with his character. Like he just get gets access to the General Zod ship, which I I, I could be wrong. I kind of wanted to look it up, but didn't that in Man of Steel didn't that ship get sucked into the other the, dimension? Yeah, the, from the uh, the world world machine or whatever. Oh, is that what crashed? Because I thought that. Weren't they flying a giant like C or, or world or like engine, a one, it's called. like a C five or something. And the dude from law and order smashes it into the plane. And then that's how they kill two of the Zod's guys. Cause they all get sucked into the negative zone.
1: I honestly don't remember.
0: I don't remember. <laughs> but like, I feel like that, like, why is there this ship on the ground? It's like, they, and if I'm right, then they just didn't go back and watch their movie and go, hey, where'd this ship come from? But it's so bad. Like, why does he know how to make a clone? How does he know how to make a clone? Yeah, that whole part
1: to, was like, he how knows, does he know all this stuff? How does
0: he know how to talk to the computer in, inside the ship? Yeah, he
1: gets in the ship and he immediately knows everything. Yeah,
0: he like pours his own blood into the goo. Right, he cuts his hand. The goo, right. But like, he, he mentions it later, It's like, blood of my blood. And he's like, see, so yeah, I cut my hand. And you're like, so what? You're not special. Right. You just made a half human, half Krypton. He's really smart. That's about it. Monster, which means that whatever baby Lois and Clark have (laughs) is going to be a disaster. And so he just makes this monster for no reason other than to make a monster because they need an ending to the movie. That's just, I could go on forever and ever. And I will. So (laughs) the next thing that bothered me now, well, I'll wrap it up. Somebody will watch it again, and we'll get to talk more about it. But Ray, Keith isn't here still. <laughs> but Keith, where are you? We have to answer last week's Ray's random request, which was uh, you watched the movie The Lobster, right? And uh, what was your question?
1: Um, in The Lobster, uh, there it's a you know a, a alternate future, and you have to pick. What animal, you basically have 45 days, once you become single, you have 45 days to find a mate, or else they turn you into an animal of your choice. You get to choose the animal that you're going to be turned into. So my question was, if you were in this, you know, situation, mm-hmm. which animal would you pick to be the rest of your entire life? You would be yourself, like you would have your mind and your personality, right? but you would be an animal for the rest of your life. And I said you couldn't pick a dog because in the movie, they, they specifically state like everybody picks a dog. There's way too many dogs. We suggest that you, just like, you can pick a dog, but we suggest that you pick something else.
0: All right. Well, we had a few responses. Sam on Facebook, she says, Def sees a giraffe, though she's sad. And she says, I'm sorry. She says, Def sees a giraffe, though I'm sad I couldn't be a dog because they have the life. What's Def sees? I, I, I think it's...
1: Like, like definitely?
0: Yeah. No. I don't feel like it saved us any time. So that, any way, <laughs> that went way over my head. Yeah, Seas a giraffe. <laughs> she wrote that, and you know, autocorrect popped up and said, "This isn't a word." Right, and she said, "Yes, it and is." She said, "I'm going with it." Uh, Gina says, "Penguin."
1: See, penguins not bad. Penguins uh, get to slide on their bellies. They yeah. waddle.
0: Ever since I've seen March of the Penguins, I just feel bad for for penguins. Did you ever see March of the Penguins?
1: Yeah, is that the one with uh,
0: Morgan Freeman Freeman narrating it? Yeah. Like, they just live through hell. Yeah, I mean, it's cold. It's really cold, and they got to march. They have wings, and they can't really fly. Yeah, and there's sea sea lions that want to eat them. Those are two animals
1: that... uh, Well, you just said the sea lions eat them. Those are two animals that don't normally get eaten.
0: Yeah. Although after Sam said the thing about giraffes, I showed her a video of giraffes fighting. Giraffes fighting. Yeah, which is intense. Check out Giraffes Fighting on YouTube.
1: It'll blow your mind.
0: Uh, And then our good friend of the show, Judy, said... Well, well, first off, Judy has to uh, take us back and say she's a pig lover. And she did not appreciate all our pig shaming that we did on the show. She's a pig lover and she has a pig tattoo. And that if we don't stop picking on her, she will squeal wee-wee-wee all the way home. I added that last point. <laughs> <But>, Sorry, Judy. <laughs> um, but for Judy's animal that she would be, she was going to pick pig till she found out that they were just going to eat the, right. the pig.
1: that's not a good one to
0: pick. Yeah. Uh, she said she would pick dolphin where she can live in the waves. And then I sent her a link to some... Asian restaurant where you get to watch dolphin and eat them at the same time. <laughs> and she did not appreciate that.
1: But at the same time, dolphin is a good one. Yeah, uh, no, I like dolphin. To swim,
0: you know. They're all three cute animals, which yes. is which is important. If you're a cute animal, most of the time they won't. What would what would you pick? I would. uh Let me think. I'd want to be something fast. Like I love foxes. I would go with, like, a regular fox. Nice, a fox. Yeah. You're, you're sly. I'm a sly You're fox. cunning. Yeah. Go out at night. Right. People call me a fox. I do that weird barking noise. If yeah. you've never heard... Oh, uh,
1: it's very disturbing.
0: If you've never heard the sound a fox makes, look look that up <laughs> after giraffe fighting. And, and man. It, it's like a squid. We hear it outside our house sometimes. It sounds like a weird... Yeah, like a squeal. It's It's, it's one of those scary. noises that
1: you need to know because if you don't know what it is, you're yeah. going to think like something terrible is going on.
0: That one day you're stuck in the woods and it's nighttime and you're trapped and you're, you're going to hear that noise and you're going to freak out. <laughs> this way you'll know it's a fox coming for you. Uh, you would be an eagle, right? Isn't that what
1: you Yes, said? yes, I would be an eagle. I would, I would love cool. to fly. I feel like that'd be really cool. All
0: right, so Ray, what's this week's question going to be?
1: This week's question um, is a little... Uh, um, not complicated, but hard to hard to figure out if you're not a big movie watcher. But I'm gonna still gonna ask it. What is uh your favorite director's cut? So there's a lot of movies out oh, there that uh, were made, and then uh, the director either you know was strangled, uh, uh, pulled off the project. Yeah, a lot of directors, a lot of movies that were made where the director maybe was pulled off the project or studio he, the had studio the final cut. Right, they they kind of brought things together where he didn't want him wanted to do so like a movie where uh the director re-released something and it was you know way better than or yeah way better than you expected um, i'm trying to think mm. of a good example of, of that for me it would be uh uh i would say if you ever seen the movie donnie darko oh yeah the director's cut for that movie kind of explains stuff a little bit more
0: oh okay um, you know, it's funny. We were wa- my wife was watching that earlier this week, and I didn't pick that this week because I didn't catch all of it. Uh, you never mis- seen it? No, I've seen it, just not uh, in a very long time. Yeah, I, I missed like movie. the first half hour, but like the last hour and a half. Um, but well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it because we're not talking about it. But, but yeah, what's your favorite uh, director's cut? That's tough. That's tough for me because I feel like a lot a of question. a lot of director's cuts. I don't think I aren't, like. Aren't as good. Okay. They're not. I feel like a lot of them aren't aren't as good. Like um. Have you seen uh, the director's cut for Payback, the Mel Gibson? No. Um, I love the theatrical version. I think it's a great movie. And the director's cut, which is the only one you can get anymore, it's a totally different movie. They get rid of all the narration. Um, There's a couple of extra scenes here and there, but it turns it from like a quirky kind of dark comedy into just this miserable drama. Like, I think a lot of the narration and the way that it was originally edited made it a lot of fun. Like, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I was watching it on Netflix, and, and I was just, this is not the movie I remember. Because I have it on VHS and watched it many times, and it's... But, um, I've never seen the original Blade Runner.
1: Well, see, I was just going to bring that up, now that, now that you brought up uh, um, Payback. mm mm-hmm. uh, Blade Runner has a ton of director's cuts. Yeah. Like different versions. There's one that they've been playing on one of the movie channels, either HBO or Cinemax, one of them, that has this like narration.
0: I think that, that's the that, original. Is that the original? The original. I thought that was added in later. Now, the, the original had the narration, which Ridley Scott fought like tooth and nail against. Right. And then it was a, a I guess it was a hit. After its release, I don't know. Blade Runner was kind of like one of those weird 70s movies where, um, or 80s movies. But
1: yeah, the version I like is the version without the narration, because I know specifically, uh, like you said, Ridley Scott fought tooth and nail for the narration. Uh huh. And apparently, oh, I think he fought against. Oh, against the it. Sorry, yeah. against it. And apparently, Harrison Ford was was with him uh-huh. and didn't want to do it, but they forced him to do it anyway. And you can tell in Harrison Ford's voice that he does not want to do this. <laughs> And he just, sat like, the narration just sounds so uninspired and just, like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah, it might be a little, little bit of a complicated movie, but mm-hmm. he, he over-explains everything way too much. And just the monotone... Sound of his voice, you can tell he's just like, "Why, like, why are we doing this?" Like, I don't, we don't need to be doing just
0: this. watch the movie and get off my plane.
1: <laughs> exactly, but it seems like, uh, like I said, I can't remember the, the station, but they keep, they've been playing it a lot recently. Yeah. And every time I turn on, it's that version. Like, I
0: don't want to uh, watch I'd this like, version. Of I'd like, I'd like to see it to compare it because, I mean, I like Blade Runner, but it's got that '80s synth yeah. soundtrack that drives me kind of crazy.
1: Sequel coming out soon.
0: Yeah, we'll see about that. I can't get excited about that like a 40 year old sequel almost um but a director's cut that i do like i think is um oh, what's the drug the drug one oh, what's it called where they do the drugs and it's horrible uh fear and loathing in las vegas no no not that one the one with uh jared leto and jennifer connelly
1: oh uh um uh, requiem for
0: a requiem dream requiem for a dream that that is a movie that I held off watching for forever because I couldn't find the director's cut and was told only watch the director's cut because everything else has been way too tamed down. Right. And that, then you that's watch a great, great example. Yeah. Great example. And it's, it's a powerful movie. It, it messes you up forever after you see it. I didn't take this out to breathe, <laughs> <laughs> but Oh, Great question. Great question, Ray. I'm looking forward to the response. Yeah. Let's see what everybody's got. Um, That'll about do it for us this week. Um, if you're listening to us on the Podcast Radio Network, thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks. You can find us, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Facebook. Facebook. Google Play. Google Play. Stitcher. Google Plus. Twitter. Stitcher. All the regular places.
1: podcast.com. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um, and thanks to let's talk flicks for the great lead-in this week and and a big thanks to tipsy cinema review for their for them calling out our show on their show uh, I give their show six salads out of six <laughs> they do a thing at the end of their show where they where they rate other shows or other movies on a, on a strange rating scale that they just kind of make up as they go along uh, it was pretty funny and I, I enjoyed it Ray do you want to plug Charlie's book for him?
1: Yeah, uh, Boy Zero. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a good book. You check can it out. Find it on uh, it's Amazon. It's totally worth it. It's great.
1: Um, all digital platforms. Yeah. Um, Coming to stores apparently. Coming to stores soon, he said. He, it's it's on its way, which is great for Charlie. Good for him. Yeah. Everybody everybody needs
0: to check it out. I, I assume it, we're gonna get a cut of the action. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, the plugs alone of, <laughs> I'm sure spike sales tremendously. At least one I know of. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, it's a it's a fun uh, graphic novel.
0: All right, so Ray, this went on. See, I told you, like when it was just me and Charlie, the show goes on for forever and ever. Um, so that's the end of the show. We'll see you next (laughs) week at (laughs) Phil.